Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. A warmer from below. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for Cups Soups with myself, Greg Ames Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Lucas Harkins. He does great work already. Check CBB. He played a nice hand in the college basketball almanac that just came out. That was a coming together of the three-man weave. He checked CBB along with the field of 68, and they did amazing work. I personally pre-ordered to be able to get a few dollars off on that. I do recommend it. As a nice guide, that is going to help you guys out for the college basketball season. I can tell you right now behind the scenes, we're working on our VEASAN college basketball betting guide as well. I've got write-ups done for about like 275 teams, so we have been very hard at work there, but that's that said, we've got to give all the credit where credit is due. They did an amazing job, and we are going to be taking a little bit of a look at the CAA today because that is one of the conferences that Lucas did for the Almanac, just what makes College of Charleston so special, and the main two conferences that we're going to be taking a look at are the Big East and the CAA. We're going to be talking about how these styles of play within these two conferences can be able to help out these two uh, just conferences in general, all the teams within them, when it comes to a tournament setting, how you do want to be taking a look at that. Is the Big East the number two or the number one conference in all of college basketball? I know that he also does a great job taking a look at the Butler Bulldogs. We'll get a little bit of a lay of the land for them as well, and we'll be hitting upon a few teams that they have a little bit to gain slash lose with regards to these two-time transfers, whether or not they're going to be getting waivers, which teams could benefit slash be the not so beneficiaries slash deficitiaries. I think that that's a word that I invented because you always hear of beneficiaries when you don't benefit from something and you lose. I call them deficitiaries. I think that that should be a word if that's not already, but we're going to be talking about that in segment number two with Lucas. In segment number one, we did see a little bit of good news on the two-time transfer front as someone did get a waiver, so we're going to be touching upon that as really that's the only thing that happened with regards to college basketball news and notes on Thursday. Thursday, so we're going to touch upon that in a second. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. The other way, that is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. And please do fire in those questions because 
Player movement, it is pretty much done with regards to this college basketball offseason. We're right now just waiting upon these waivers. And we did see Woody Newton, who he decided that he was going to be transferring over to George Mason. He is going to be eligible for this upcoming college basketball season. Began his career at Syracuse, was playing the last few years at Oklahoma State. I don't know what he necessarily utilized as the reason that he felt like he deserved a two-time waiver, but whatever utilized, it was able to work. And for Woody Newton, when he was over at Oklahoma State last season, averaged about four and a half points per contest. He, as a freshman at Syracuse, was about a 39% three-point shooter. Overall for his career, has been more like a 30% three-point shooter, but big for a George Mason team that, under Tony Skin, they have brought in a pretty good transfer portal haul. As we know, Kim English, he did a very solid job of bringing quite a few guys with him over from George Mason to Providence, so it was a little bit of a build on the fly, and I do think that these pieces might be able to meld together in Tony Skin. I just am very bullish on him as a coach because I always always like guys personally that they go back to where they played at Tony Skin you may recall he was part of that George Mason team during the 2006 NCAA tournament that made the final four and he was the guy that very nearly costed them a trip to the NCAA tournament he had the questionable hit in the groin during the CAA conference tournament but I mean, they bring in Darius Maddox I think he should be eligible I might need to double check there but they've got Woody Newton now eligible Jared Billups is someone that comes in from Siena he was a double figure scorer. Amari Kelly is someone at six foot nine that has some size. So all in all, I do like what George Mason has been able to bring in. They've got a couple holdovers from the previous season, so that is going to be very beneficial for them. And then I did see John Rothstein a few minutes before I started recording this podcast. He did send out a few updates with regards to injuries to Dylan DeSue along Caden Shedrick over at Texas. Apparently, there's no timetable for their full return, but with DeSue, I would say that that's the one that you want to be watching for the most, his foot issue that happened during the NCAA tournament. If they're able to get him back out there on the floor, it could be a big year for Texas. So certainly monitoring a lot with regards to the injury front as now the player movement is really done. We're just taking a look at injuries. Now we're taking a look at who is slash is not going to be eligible. So now is where the rubber is starting to meet the road in terms of getting stuff for the upcoming season. Now we're going to be having more chats much like this one. Coming up next, we are going to be joined by Lucas Harkins. We're going to be taking a look at the CAA. We're going to be taking a look at the Big East Butler. We're also going to be diving in a little bit on UConn, Villanova, the landscape for them. How much can they overachieve slash underachieve this season? How are the range of styles that these teams are going to face in the CAA and the Big East going to help them out throughout the season as well? We're going to address that and so much more with Lucas next right here on Coast Coast Eats with myself, Greg Eats Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. With myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by this man as we've got aboard one of our good friends as he does amazing work over at the Field of 68 as 
their main man with regards to bracketology. And if you've taken a look at Lucas Harkins year in and year out with regards to bracket matrix, he always finds himself towards the top of it as he does an incredible job on that front. Does amazing work as one of the main writers over there at the Heat Check CBB. Did a great job helping out with the College Basketball Almanac, which that is now available for $19.99. If you, like me, got in on the early bird special, you were able to get it for $15.99. But still, if you're paying a little bit of the upcharge, trust me, it is still money very well spent as Lucas does amazing work with everything that he does and can be found on the old X at Hardwired Sports all together. And Lucas, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you, Lucas. And no doubt about it, Lucas, we all know what your forte is. For one, take a look at my favorite NBA team with the Milwaukee Bucks, which I always do appreciate that. But I know you do a great job with Butler. As a matter of fact, you've got your own Patreon page that is dedicated to the Butler Bulldogs. And how would you say this offseason has went for Butler? Because we've been hearing a lot of buzz with regards to like, St. John's, Providence, these teams that have new coaches, things like that. No doubt about it, when you win a national championship, a lot of people are going to be buzzing about you with UConn as well. But we haven't heard as much with regards to Butler because they brought in a lot of guys, but they do have a few up transfers, like an Andre Screen coming in from Bucknell. And the biggest question I have for you is, how do you think these guys are going to fit in with regards to Thad Mata's style? You know, I think that remains to be seen. Obviously, once they get on the floor and they're competing against people, against people that aren't themselves, looking at it from the outside, it, it's pretty clear Butler needed a reset in some capacity. Last year, that reset was on the sidelines, changing over to Thad Mata and his assistant coaching staff. And this year, it's on the court with the roster. So how things come together, maybe we'll see more of what Thad wanted to do. I was at practice earlier today. They're definitely looking to run a little bit more this year. I mean, I think that there's learning curves with that and they're learning how to play faster, but they're at least attempting to play faster as it stands. I know everyone says that coming into the year, but I think that that's something that will happen is I don't think they're really able to take that step they wanted to in terms of tempo this past year. And they've got guys to really set the tone in that area. Pasha Alexander gives them an actual point guard, whereas more Eric Hunter and Chuck Harris were more off guards that were forced to play point guard last year. Posh can bring that to, to Butler and Landon Moore. Uh, comes in from St. Francis, gives them more of that combo guard. Over a 2-1 to one assist to turnover ratio as a true freshman last year at St. Francis. They have a little more ball handling options in the backcourt. I think more role alignment this year. I think there's more things that each guy is like. They have a true point guard in Pasha Alexander. They have a knockdown shooter in DJ Davis. They have a fully healthy Jalen Thomas, who's at worst a capable backup big man in the Big East. And I think they have at least one exciting freshman with Finley Bizjack coming in. So I think the rebuild is probably still a year or two away. And the vast majority of this roster, I believe 11 of 12 scholarship players are eligible to return for next year as well. So I think it's more of a stepping stone year to see what they can do. I think they'll be an improved team this year. It's a matter of I'm not sure that necessarily shows up in the record because as you alluded to, the Big East is absolutely loaded this year. Yeah, the Big East, it certainly is very much locked and loaded this season as Lucas Harkins, he does great work over at EchexCBB. He's joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And with regards to the Big East, I just have a little bit of a more quantitative question with regards to that because I still do think that the Big 12 is the best conference in all of college basketball. Would you perhaps put the Big East at number two? Because I do take a look at the conference, and I think it's very fair to put DePaul at number 11. I don't think that they are going to be competing for an at-large bid. It's been brutal to say the least, but... Really, outside of a team like a DePaul, and I do think that it's going to be a bit of a real thing. You 
for Georgetown as well. I would say that top to bottom, this is going to be one of the most competitive leagues in all of college basketball. And I think that's going to be very interesting to see what we get at the top with UConn, Marquette, along with Creighton. Yeah, you know, I think normally I'd agree with you on top to bottom being a very good league. And I think it still is this year. And I would still lean in favor of the Big 12, though, in terms of depth. But the top of the Big East this year is phenomenal. There's a really good shot. Marquette, Creighton, and UConn are all preseason top 10 teams. Villanova's probably even in the top 15 or 20. And you can easily make an argument with Rick Pitino on the sidelines that St. John will get votes. St. John's will get votes in the top 25. Providence is also probably going to get votes or at least be on the fringe of getting votes. I think there's at least four legit national title level contenders um, in the league this year. I do think that with regards to the top teams, it is going to be really interesting to look at because all four of them, I feel like, are doing it in a little bit of a different way because with Marquette, they brought in nobody via the transfer portal at all. They didn't necessarily bring in like a superstar freshman class or anything like that, but they just have so much returning talent that it's not even funny. With UConn, they lose a few pieces from last year, but Donovan Klingon, I think, is going to be an absolute animal down low. They still have Tristan Newton. They did a great job with their freshman class. I see you mentioned Rick Patino. I mean, that's completely different from the two teams that we just laid out because everything except for Joel Soriano is brand spanking new with Villanova. They decided that they were going to be going into the transfer portal as well. And what I think is going to be so interesting with the Big East is because there are so many teams with what I just laid out, so many different styles, so many different philosophies, it will actually help out the Big East come March because they're going to be seeing so many different teams and so many different styles. Yeah, absolutely with you. I think there's just, it's going to be a really, really, really hard fought battle at the top. I think that that's going to also open up things for like, there's going to be a ton of possibilities for really high quality wins. I mean, when Marquette, Creighton, UConn, Villanova are eight of your 20 games, if you're a St. John's Providence savior, Seton Hall, Georgetown, like there's opportunities there to really make a splash throughout the entire December through March. Oh, I'm right there with you. And I do think that it's going to be a really exciting year in the Big East as Lucas Harkins, who does amazing work over at EJXCBB, is joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And what I think is also going to be fascinating is one of those scenes that you mentioned in Villanova, because it is going to be year number two for them. And it is a little bit of a new look Villanova team, because we know that this is a bunch that they really haven't entered into the transfer portal too much. This year, they are bringing in Akeem Hart. I really do like those pieces. And how much do you think your number two of Kyle Neptune is really going to be a success? Because with regards to Kyle Neptune, it did feel like he tried to keep a lot of the same philosophies of Jay Wright, especially tempo-wise. But as we know, he is a little bit of a different coach than Jay Wright. And I do think that he's going to be having a little bit more of his own style on this team with season number two, because in season number one, it really didn't feel like he had the pieces to necessarily be able to have fully what he wanted. It felt like really just a watered-down version of what Jay Wright was doing a few years back. Yeah, I think part of that is he didn't really have the options healthy either. I mean, Cam Whitmore missed a lot of the season. Justin Moore obviously missed a ton of it this year. They obviously get a healthy Justin Moore back, who's an All-American candidate, if not at least an All-Big East player. Eric Dixon's also probably an All-Big East guy. You mentioned that transfer class, TJ Bamba, coming in from Washington State. Tyler Burton, I think they also have... Like that starting lineup is all senior laden. The presumed starting lineup is all senior laden. And I think you add in a few little wild cards in there. Lance Ware and what kind of steps sophomores take. I mean, Mark Armstrong was a really highly tired guy out of high school. Does he kind of take that explosion as step as a sophomore is really the true point guard of the group. And Brendan Hawson lived up to the billing of being a really, really good three-point shooter at 43% from deep last year. I really, really liked him out of high school. I think he kind of, kind of 
is that spark plug shooter in like the eighth man role that I think is really dangerous. I do think so as well. And speaking of transfers within the conference, Cam Spencer heading on over to UConn, I think is going to be a big deal for them as well. So I do think that there's a lot to take a look at with regards to this conference. And I think that the Big East, it is certainly going to be locked and loaded. But I know you for the Almanac took a look at a team that I think is going to be able to make some noise nationally. We did see this team creep into the top 25 last year. And that'd be Charleston, because we are taking a look at these Big East teams. They have a lot of different styles, and I mentioned that being something that's very big for them. The Colonial, a conference that you were able to cover for the Almanac, and once again, I'll encourage all of you guys that did not buy it quite yet, you do want to be buying it, because I think that's really awesome. How much do you think whoever comes out of the CAA might be able to benefit as well, because you have a lot of different styles in that conference as well, because from one night to the next, you could be facing off against a team like Towson that is really slow, hangs their hat on defense, and no doubt about it, Charleston does as well, but I in the two tempos that a team like Charleston and Towson play are pretty much night and day. Yeah, I think it's been a really interesting league. I think there's at least four teams that I think are really dangerous if they are the one that represent the conference in March. Obviously, Charleston is fresh off a terrific year. Hofstra is as well. They lose Aaron Estrada, but Tyler Thomas is right up there for kind of in that player of the year conversation for the CAA this year. Drexel brings back back-to-back defensive player of the year and Amari Williams. They get Justin Moore now as a sophomore. I think that's really helpful. UNCW is still pretty rock solid after being really good under the Coyote Settle so far. I think that there's a lot of really, really good teams in this league, and that kind of progresses down. If Towson gets Nedatar, the Coppin State transfer eligible, that'll be a huge plus to them. Stony Brook's going to be healthy this year. They're going to have a healthy Dean Nolan, Eric Clark, around Toby Anikonu coming back, and Jared Frey's coming back from turf though. I mean, that team was just as injury-bitten as it could have been last year. If Stony Brook's healthy, they're a middle-of-the-pack squad. Northeastern has its huge sophomore class coming back. If you want to mention playing styles, man, not many more unique than Campbell. Anthony Del Orso gives them a star to build around, too. I think there's a lot of intrigue from top to bottom of the league. Oh, I'm right there with you. I think it might be a little bit tough for Campbell coming in because we have seen the Big South teams go over to the CAA. Typically, it does take them a year or two to be able to get their sea legs. And one team that I think is very interesting as well is Drexel because with Drexel, they are one of those teams that they were very much based around Amari Williams last year, just an absolutely dominant force down low. They certainly do need to be upgrading the guard position just a little bit, but I take a look at them as being one of those pesky teams within a conference that you've got a lot of firepower. Hofstra loses a little bit from last year, but they're typically a team that is towards the top as well. And all in all, I take a look at whoever comes out of the CAA, and perhaps we do get two bids with how Charleston might be able to perform out of conference, and I think whoever comes out of this league might once again be a threat to win a game in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I have Drexel third in the league. You mentioned wanting to get better guard production, and, and Justin Moore coming into his sophomore year will be huge there. And they also get a little more playmaking uh, with Lucas Monroe coming in from Penn, who is really kind of a Swiss Army knife for quite a good Penn team the last few years who gives them more playmaking. That's a deep roster. They've got seven guys coming back for average 19-plus minutes a game last year, 14-plus minutes a game last year, and then add Monroe to the mix. I mean, pretty rare to have the continuity that Drexel has coming off a year where they were above 500 and 10 and 8 in the league. Yeah, I really like what they were able to do towards the back half of the campaign. I think that that's a team to be watching out for. As joining me on the show, we've got Lucas Harkins. He does amazing work over at each XCBB. And circling back to Charleston, what we saw last year with this team was pretty much them go 
eight, nine deep. It was one of those holes greater than some of its parts approaches there. And I'm not sure if you gathered anything different when you were taking a look at the Almanac, but I think that this is just who Charleston is. I know that Pat Kelsey, he always likes to have a very deep team. And I, once again, can't necessarily identify that one superstar for Charleston, but I just take a look up and down, and I think that they're once again going to be doing a great job playing positionless basketball. And it's just such a unique style and something that I think a lot of teams, especially out of conference, are going to have such a tough time preparing for because there's not one guy there you have zone in being like, oh, if we take him away, we're going to be good. So I think you basically just quoted Pat Kelsey in my interview <laughs> a couple months ago. Basically, to a T, I don't think I put it in the article, but it's basically he said it to a T that that's what it is. You can't take away one guy because if you do, the other three are there still, too. And I think you're stuck in the same spot this year. Rain Smith's back. Ante Brzovich is back. Ben Burnham's back. Bryce Butler's a really good transfer addition. If you want to look at mid-major transfers, a lot of them can be hit or miss. But, man, on paper and on film, it's just hard to find a much better hand-in-glove kind of fit than C.J. Fulton coming in to take over the point guard spot from Ryan Larson and Frankie Policelli coming in, staying as an in-conference transfer from Stony Brook, who can really, really play on the perimeter at the four spot next to Brzovic. As I mentioned, the rare three-man freshman class who all redshirted last year, who's got a year under their belts in the system. That is a big rarity because in this day and age, you want everyone that's able to get out there, play right away. If they don't get the playing time that they want as a freshman, they transfer elsewhere and everything like that. So I think that that is going to be massive. And, you laid out the transfers that are coming up for Charleston. There is no concerns whatsoever that they are going to be out there on the floor. But as we know, it is a raging topic that is going on, not just in college basketball, but college football as well. Actually, probably even bigger in college football with regards to these two-time transfers. These guys not being able to get out there on the field, not being able to get waivers, things of that nature. And I do think that that is going to trickle down to college basketballs. We've seen some waivers get approved. We've seen some get denied. I know that there were a few within the last 24 to 48 hours that they did seem to be able to come through. So maybe there's some encouraging signs on that front. But how much are you taking a look at these two-time transfers and whether or not they're going to get waivers in terms of some teams that might be benefiting slash being the, shall we say, deficitaries, because you've got beneficiaries. I call it deficitaries when you get the loss of it from these, because I do think that there are quite a few teams that we're probably expecting to have some of these two-time transfers out there on the court, and right now it's a big question mark. The way things have gone so far, I'm tentatively just kind of going with that they're probably not going to receive the waiver, and if they do, it's a bonus. I think the team that that I covered for the Almanac that I'm most interested in the two-time waiver for is Towson with Neda Tarp coming in from Coppin State because they really need a scoring influx. Charles Thompson is the only returner who averaged double figures last year at the D1 level. If the only player, period, who averaged double figures at the D1 level, that, that's not Tark. Marcus Watson would have really given them a boost in that, but he tore his ACL just minutes into their summer trip. So I think they really need scoring around what is already going to be kind of the staples Messiah Jones and Charles Thomas Thompson give them that tremendous rebounding that Pat Scary teams have always had and Tomas Suleiman does the same thing for them too, but they really need another scorer, particularly in the backcourt, backcourt to supplement Rodeo Hicks and Christian May. And I think that Tark can be that guy after putting up 13 a game at Coppin State. Hey, you feel for a guy tearing his ACL literally minutes into a summer trip like that. That's just absolutely rough for them. And then a little bit more on the national landscape. Certainly Ole Miss is one of those teams that I'm sure that they have been brought up quite a bit by so many people that have been following college basketball. It's one of those teams that They've got a lot to gain slash lose 
with regards to these two-time transfers, whether or not they're going to get waivers. Is there anyone else that you look at with regards to your bracketology and they could slide in, they might be sliding up, slash down based on that? Because Ole Miss, I do think, is the most prevalent of them, but there are a few other teams I do take a look at that they do have some question marks, most notably out there in a conference like the SEC where we did see a lot of transfers this offseason. There are things that come into play as you come into the year. I think that how much is a coaching staff really going to lean on banking on a guy getting a two-time waiver right now and they're thinking and how they're practicing coming into the year. I think those things all play a factor. So I don't know if I'm really going to point out a team in particular that I feel really will shift based on one of those things. But I think that the way I viewed them coming into this offseason is I'm not expecting any of the two-time waivers to come through. And when they do, it's a boost. Yep, and certainly George Mason got one with Woody Newton actually being able to get his approved on Thursday. So that's a nice little upgrade for an Atlantic 10 team. And it's always an upgrade to this podcast. Whenever you join Lucas, you do an amazing job. Take a look at the game of college basketball. You do a great job over there at Heat CBB with so many different articles. And I know you're always locked in loaded with regards to bracketology, which this is always one of the most fun years, fun times of year for you. Because with regards to bracketology, I know that a lot of times you have to mimic what the committee is able is going to do. And as of right now, you're able to have a little bit more free reign, which I always find to be a lot of fun. I always love taking a look at these various projections. So love to get people at home, know what's all on tap for you, and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Absolutely. Well, as always, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You guys can find me on Twitter, now X, at Hardwired Sports. I do my writing for Heat Check College Basketball at Heat Check CUB. Right now, really checking out the Almanac, uh, I think, is the best path. I think that really we put a lot of time and hours and weeks into interviewing coaches and putting together rosters and writing words on every single team in the country over the past basically four months. It's a culmination of a lot of effort for what is a pretty small group to cover all 363. We're really excited about it, and I think that it's, it's going to be a great resource for people. Yep, I picked it up. I have eyed it a little bit the last few days, and I can tell you there is some amazing work put in. I mean, they've talked to every single coach in Division One college basketball. Lots and lots of man hours went into that with Heat Check CBB, Field of 68, three-man weave. They all did amazing work. And Lucas had a big hand to play in that. And every single time he joins this podcast, lends tremendous insight. So a big thanks to Lucas for joining me on Coast Coast Soups, all part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, slash my X timeline, at GNNRS41. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, that is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Big thanks to Tristan once again for joining me on the podcast. And with regards to those conference previews, we are now into the power conferences. We've got the American, and we've got... Five of the major six conferences remaining as I did my Big Ten Conference preview on the podcast yesterday. So certainly we are getting into the big boys with regards to that. And I'll be with you guys every single day on this podcast here in the offseason giving you those previews and the news and notes of college basketball. And then once we get in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I appreciate you tuning in today. I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 